Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. Good morning, Andy. It's time for you to start your radio show. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Andy Lopez, the invisible gardener, has been helping folks from around the world, and he can help you, too. Listen to Don't Panic, It's Organic every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can just listen or you can call in and talk directly to the Invisible Gardener right here on bbsradio.com slash don't panic, it's organic. That's don't panic, it's organic every Saturday afternoon on bbsradio.com slash don't panic, it's organic. Hello, everybody. How you doing? That's that's my friend Jeffrey. Oh, wrong button. How about that one? This one. That's my friend Jeffrey there. He wrote the song for me, Don't Panic, It's Organic, way back in uh, 84, I think it was, when I first met him. Uh, he still is a musician, does his lots of wonderful, well, not my kind of music. I think it's uh, punk. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Um, in case you don't know, I'm pretty sure you know this already. You're listening to Don't Panic, It's Organic with your host, Andy lopez uh, I'm better known as the Invisible Gardener. And if you have no idea why I got, why I got the name Invisible Gardener, uh, it's too late to tell you now. <laughs> but I've had that name since, uh, well, 1970s when I formed my business. And I didn't use the name Invisible Gardener way before that, even though I was doing stuff. Uh, so today, uh, first I want to say um, happy Earth Day, right? Uh, I'd like to tell people, make every day Earth Day, right? So Earth Day will be coming up. We'll see if I have a special going on or something. We'll see what happens. Uh, on today's show, we have, um, I'm going to be covering um, uh, gopher control, right? I'm going to be covering uh, uh, other um, types of natural uh, pest controls that that are available. I'll be covering, for example, um uh, pest control of roses and how soil has to, what you know what type of what the relationship between the soil and uh, pest control and disease controls in plants. And uh, uh, next week I'm going to be covering natural pest control. I'm going to be covering no, I mean not pest pet control. <laughs> I'll be covering fleas and ticks, right? How to control fleas and ticks on your pets. Uh, I'm also going to be covering snail control, natural snail control, lots of not, uh, ways to help with your snail problems. And then I'll also be covering uh, fly control, natural fly control, and give you a little secret about uh, mosquito control. Um, I wrote a book called How to Keep the Mosquitoes from Biting You. It's really one simple, simple little solution. And it's not really a book. I, maybe I should just do a paragraph, right? <laughs> Uh, how to keep mosquitoes from biting you, because I can get that down to just one paragraph. So you're listening to uh, uh, Don't Panic, It's Organic. Uh, coming up next is going to be my uh, um, a cosmic spaceship, and this will give you some idea as to um, what it's about.
uh, that one I call uh, healing the soil music, believe it or not. And uh, I, I work on a approximately, oh, I don't know, a song a day, pretty much. I get I get something together. Uh, so you're gonna uh, when I for the show, what I do is I usually will play in the last few days of the songs that I generated, and then I pick one song from the past. So I have about um, five or six new songs I've written. Nobody's ever heard of them before. I have one called Space Times Two. One's called Prayer March on the Edge of the Universe and uh, Looking Inside. You'll find them all very, very interesting, and that's coming up right after uh, this show. Okay, so then um, let's see what else. Um, you, sh uh, you should be getting my newsletter, and if you're not, you can sign up on my website. Uh, I'm assuming you're getting the podcast, either that you're listening live, so if you're just live streaming, listening to it now, you really should be getting the podcast, and you know how to get the podcast. You just go up to my page. There should be a podcast button there. Okay, and then the, uh, the numbers to call here is 888 Six two seven six zero zero eight. There's a direct line which is three two three nine four 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 eight three one. And since we use Skype, you can get it, uh, get on the show by calling BBS Radio PR. That'll get you right to the uh, Skype line, and Mr. Engineer will go, "Oh, look, we got somebody on now! Hey, you know, <laughs> that's like Wilbur in it." <laughs> anyway. Um, the other thing is, make sure, please sign up for my newsletter. That you can, that way you can stay abreast as what's going on. I have lots of special. Put all my blog up there. Uh, I have uh, several different types of newsletter. One newsletter I do every month, which has to do with my business. So I've been doing this for a long, long time. So I've learned to uh, pass the information on. This. So in the newsletter, you can see what I'm doing that month. Uh, so in terms of. Uh, uh, my applications, my uh, the way I do things is basically all geared towards the soil. So different times of the year, I do different things to the soil. See, and so uh, and then I also show you some of the things I buy. Uh, you know that that I use. For example, I've been using Dr. Ursa's uh, products now. They're really wonderful. It has a mycorrhizal types of. Uh, organic fertilizer material in there, different types, you know, and a great compost and a great mulch. <laughs> I like a commercial, doesn't it? Uh, and then there are other stuff that I buy too, so uh, you can get to see what it is that I'm using and uh, how I do my spraying service, and um, hopefully it gets you inspired to do your own organic services, right? And then I also do the, the newsletter it has to do with the radio show, tells you what's going on on all different shows, because I have a four or five radio shows uh, then I also, in the newsletter, we also cover the blog. Uh, so I write a blog every week, sometimes twice a week. You'll get it there. The newsletter also tells you about the, my music, the Cosmic Spaceship, and it tells you uh, uh, about the, the website, um, about the membership and the website, what, I, what it is that I actually do, how I can help you. Uh, it also covers the uh, uh, different types of... Uh, books that are uh, available uh, my current book is called don't panic it's organic uh, and um, what i'm doing is i'm setting it up so you can buy it from amazon it's a, little, a lot easier they ship it to you a lot faster you get a really good shipping rate as opposed to me shipping it to you you know and uh, so i'm just basically having the link up there so you can get the uh, the print version of it and the uh kindle version of it um, the ebook version of it, Amazon doesn't sell the ebook version of it. I don't think I never bought an ebook version. I think they always sell a Kindle version, you know, Kindle or print version. So I have the ebook available on my website. Plus, on my website, you can get is the only place you can get the color version. There's a full color version, and that's those that goes for fifty five dollars now for Earth Day special. It's normally a hundred bucks. That's right. It's a, the printing version of it costs a lot more than the black and white version of it. Okay, so then t today I'm going to talk to you about um, um, a different type of natural pest control, and so I'll try to get you to understand. Because what I see, when I started doing uh, pest control treatments, natural pest control treatments in, in the early uh, 1970s, uh, gophers would be one of the things that people will call me up regularly, 
And and I do understand, you know, you have to find a balance where if you don't want to be killing everything, then what is it that you do, right? How do you would you control the gophers? So throughout the years, I have evolved my stance in it, my feelings in it, and how it works for me, right? Uh, by the way, another way that you can get your, uh, so if you want to be on the radio show, you can call that. Ideally, what I would like you to do is to email me. Um, either if you have the newsletter, the best way is to go through the newsletter because it doesn't go into a junk mail. If you were to email me now, I would not, probably be maybe 50-50 chance I would find your email. I have to go through so much emails, and and it's ridiculous. But if it goes through my website, it goes into certain boxes, and at least it's sep- at least it gets separated. And so these, so if you get the newsletter, there's an email me email me button, uh, and that's how you enter the contest as well. You enter the contest there, but you can also ask your questions and so forth there. Uh, there's a separate button for members because members enter the contest differently when they when a member enters the contest, they'll get a special member prize on top of the regular prize that we give away. So this month I'm giving a grower's kit, right? So, and a lifetime membership. Since the member's already a a lifetime member, uh, they would not only get the grower's kit, but they would get something else that I would give on top. And every month is something something completely different. So this month they're getting a Don't Panic, they would get Members who get a Don't Panic, It's Organic coffee cup, right? It says Don't Panic, It's Organic on it. So you would get that as well as the Organic Growers Kit, which is a, makes it nice. Pretty soon I'm going to have T-shirts back again. Right now I'm looking for um, – see, my problem is that the cotton is not organic. Secondly, that the ink is not safe and natural. I bought my Don't Panic, It's Organic T-shirts a long time ago. And uh, the cotton wasn't organic, and then you had to wash wash them before you wear them because the ink would stain, come off, and and uh, um, and um, you know um, give you a reaction, right? And I would say that's not good. So I'm trying to find a source of organic cotton and some type of natural ink. Uh, so if you know about that, give me a call. I, I'd love to be able to print some. Actually, organic, which, you know, what's the point of it saying don't panic, it's organic if you actually have to panic wearing it, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so let me talk to you a little bit about uh, gopher control, okay? And so my feelings on any any creature on the earth is that they all have a right to be here too, right? Okay, and so... Gophers are uh, basically they do a, a lot of a good things in nature. Okay, they're very essential in how they uh, aerate the soil. They're essential in a lot of different uh, uh, their manures. It happens to be very good source of bacteria for the soil. Um, uh, they allow water to get down in, the, in certain areas. You know, so overall they have a purpose. And what, a lot more than that, what I just went over with. But the point is, is that. If you use, uh, they're part of the chain, the food chain. If you poison them, you'll be poisoning all kinds of things above and below it, from birds to other animals, and you don't really want that. And there is, so there, there is always a, an easy, simple way, friendly way to deal with anything. So, in terms of the gopher control, um, I learned that there, 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 there's two things. Several things you really need to do. First of all, you, you need to leave them alone in their country environment, whatever environment they're living in. Uh, so that means you have to protect your place and keep them from coming here because that's the, well, they re- you are attracting them. That's what's in essence what's happening. They're getting water. They're getting food. Probably that they like the music you're playing. Uh, you know, I play their music. They come out and they dance. They have a good time. But that's another story. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. <coughs> so. The uh, so the important thing. So what I do is uh, living out here in the countryside, and the gophers everywhere. Um, when I uh, when a person comes, you know, calls me, and I go to their property, uh, I will usually tell them that the first of all, they're overwatering, uh, they're attracting every animal for miles and miles around. Uh, and there's all kinds of other habits, things that they're doing to make it easier. Uh, they're destroying the soil, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, and those things are not easy things that they have to change, right? So, you know, they, it's a lifestyle change and so forth. So what you have to do is you have to 
in essence, drive the, the gophers out, right? You have to drive them off your property first before you do anything else that will keep them from coming back. Now, you know, gophers are very sensitive to sound and smell. Uh, when I was in my use, I, youth, I used to use uh, certain, things that would, that, certain things that would be smelly uh, to drive them out. Uh, I, over the over the years, I've learned it's better to not hurt them, right? Because don't you don't want to use cayenne pepper or any uh, th- anything like that, to where you can really torture them. The goal is not to torture the creatures, uh, but there is a, a really simple way to, uh, and it's it's an interesting barrier, uh, source of tor- type of barrier and type of repellent, because ideally you want to be able to drive them out of your property, right? And then you want to set up barriers system of barriers when they come back that will prevent them from coming to your place eventually they go around your property right okay so uh, because you know if people have gone down the barrier thing and then they find out only to find out that they've trapped the gophers inside their property and they have to kill them which is okay if that's what they want to do kill them right but initially what i'm saying is let's try to uh Get them off the property and then keep them from coming back and let them loose out there in Mother Nature. You can't get rid of all the gophers no more than you can get rid of all the ants. The best you can do is make them go around you, right? Just groove a wave of gophers and ants go around you, right? Okay. So, and then, you know, uh, what I tell people is do like Captain Kirk would tell Spock. Spock, we're just not going to kill today. Wait, I got to say this right. Okay, wait a second. Spock. We're just not going to kill today. <laughs> I like that. So um, you don't have to kill them, but if you do, there are there is a safe, natural way to do that without hurting all the creatures involved. So that if a gopher was to die from what you did, a bird or an animal could eat it and won't be any problem. Okay, so there's a safe way to do that, and I'll tell you that too. Okay, so. Um, Using their sense of smell, there's a, a really one simple ideal, or there's a couple of them, to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll give you a, a list of a couple of things you can do, you can use, that will, uh, in essence, tell the gophers, boo, go away, go over there, go somewhere else. Uh, and they will. So, And this is not in order of um, effectiveness or in order of importance, because you can substitute them I wouldn't probably blend them together, though. So let me explain. So first one would be hair. Yeah, hair. Uh, what I would do is call it a good old, I call it good old boy's hair. That's the difference between ladies' hairs and men's hair. Um, I'll tell you the difference. So the difference between ladies' hair and men's hair is that ladies are always spraying, doing something to their hair. Men, good old boys, don't do that, even though good old boys do shampoo and stuff like that, but they don't do... Uh, the different things that they spray on their hair to make them stand and do this kind of stuff. Um, this is my feeling. <laughs> my feelings is that you take the lady's hair and the guy and the girl boy's hair, and you bury each. The lady's hair after ten thousand years will still be there, where the good old boy's hair has he uh, composed and gone. Okay, so because <laughs> what what you want is you want hair that decomposes. Uh, normally, so you but in essence, what you do, you go to the barber shop. And you get as much hair as you can. Uh, the ideal type of hair, it happens to be from uh, uh, animals, right? From dogs and cats. Uh, and so uh, occasionally I hear about a pet having a haircut day, right? I don't know about cats going and getting haircuts, even though they probably do to some extent, right? You get some hair uh, trimming and stuff like that. Uh, but dogs get haircuts a lot more, I think. Either way, uh, you can save their hair. And the idea is you put them into the gopher tunnel. Into this also works on moles and a wide variety of other creatures as well. From you know, it works really well on uh, coyotes. It works really well on uh, deer, uh, rabbits, any of these creatures that have a sense of smell. Uh, from that sense, from that point of view, you can take a really dirty sock and hang it up. They will know it's there. They'll know it's you. <laughs> They're a human being. Beware. Stay away, right? And they will smell you a mile away, okay? Right, so you put them around your property, you go, phew. <laughs> if you smell it, they'll smell it, okay? But um, I just added the, the, the dirty socks thing to it. It might work. Anyway, so you have hair. 
and so there's lots of hair. Uh, you know, when the kids are sh- getting haircuts, parents, people get haircuts all the time, especially if your pets. Uh, in the zoo, if they have uh, hair for animals, it, you know, the, you want to get that. Lions, lion haircut would be great, right? <laughs> you put that in the tunnel and you do it. It works great during when the days and nights are hot, like what's coming up now. It, they decompose in the tunnel and it spreads out throughout the tunnel and they're out of there. The same thing with snakes, the same thing with gophers, you know, gophers, moles, uh, same thing with voles, V-O-L-E-S, same thing with deers. The deers will smell that a mile away, so instead of putting it in the tunnel, well, it works great with rabbits. So if you have a lot of rabbits, you put it in the rabbit tunnels. But uh, uh, and if you, um, you can use it, uh, uh, if you, here's one way that I, I stopped uh, deers from coming and eating one of my customers' roses, okay? There are a couple of different things I did, but uh, so what I did initially was, and it's really worked right away, is a combination of two things. First of all, I got a whole bunch of hair, and I used the hair as a mulch, placed it around the base of the roses. Plus, plus I also laid some hair on the border of the property. So where the person's fencing is in an area that, you know, between one property or another, I put a, a nice sprinkle of the hair, a layer of hair, a line of hair all the way around the property. Think of it as a um, uh, air, uh, a target. You know, when you have a bow and arrow, you shoot at the target, circles, another circle, another circle in the center, right? So you have that outer circle, you do the hair around the outer circle, right? Then you do another circle halfway to where you're, you know, what you're protecting, and then you do one right there. And so then we have to go through those different layers to get to it, okay? Uh, there are other things you can do. That's why I combine them together, but you have to learn what to combine because there are certain things you do not want to combine. It makes it, makes it really, really, you keep a, a certain thing you didn't want to do. I'll give you an example. So so we, uh, uh, this was talking about uh, hair, okay? So there a couple other things you can use is garlic, Garlic is very, very strong, as you can tell. If you can smell it, they can smell it. They go, phew, right? And so um, there are different ways you can utilize the garlic, right? And being a clever person I am, I've learned how to, if you grow garlic around something, it smells like garlic, it tastes like garlic. That's how I have, uh, uh, I, I used to grow some of the, but my tomatoes were so unique for many reasons, but what I did was I learned how to make them taste like garlic. You bite into it, go, hey, the garlic is a good, the garlic or tomatoes, good. <laughs> and so I would grow, to, I would grow tomatoes, a uh, garlic with my tomatoes, and a certain types of garlic are even more poignant, poignant, strong. Uh, it's, they're stronger than other types of garlic, and, and they infuse the tomato, the whole plant with it, including the tomato. Uh, elephant garlic, by the way, you plant one elephant garlic underneath the tomato at the same time you have the baby tomato, you know, tomato growing up, and you can train them together. It'll be very happy, happy, happy with that tomato plant. Nothing will attack that tomato plant. A deer, whatever, will come up to go, I'm not talking about it, but it tastes like garlic. It can You can do that with a wide variety of things. However, I probably would not do it to... Um, uh, roses. <laughs> um, let me let me click on here to make sure that my engineer. Um, I don't see anything. It's, everything seems to be okay. Hmm. BBS radio. Oh, turn the video off. Oh, something over there. Let's see. All is good. Hmm. <laughs> yes, all is good. Hmm. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> where was I? Okay, so. Uh, you don't want to do it with roses. Because <laughs> you go smell a rose, you go, damn, I, I, I swear these things are smelling like garlic. And they will. The roses will smell like garlic. And I think that ruins the roses. <laughs> Even if you like garlic. I don't think I, I, don't think I would. Hmm, uh, everything smells like garlic. Whether it's pink roses, white roses. <laughs> they will all smell like garlic. And uh, deers wouldn't touch it. The deers would go, shine eating that. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably wouldn't do that, <laughs> uh, but it works really great with uh, other things, other vegetables. Um, I, I've uh, been very good at growing, uh, you name it, zucchini, uh, cucumbers. Oh, uh, my favorite, uh, 
One of my favorite is watermelon. <laughs> oh, I miss that, right? What, imagine eating a watermelon that has a garlic taste to it. It's absolutely incredible. Another thing I did, too, now that I'm thinking about it, apples. So you have an apple tree. You do, and, and you know, the amount of the strength of the garlic depends how many, how much, what you grow underneath the, the, the tree, right? So if you do one elephant, elephant garlic, and elephant garlic is called that because it's a giant, it looks like it's the size of an apple or bigger. Okay, but it's very, very strong. And so I would do like, four of them underneath or a little roll, a whole bunch of them, a little roll underneath there. And you can have different types of garlic too, have different types of flavors, okay? The elephant garlic is very, very strong, uh, but you can also do, you know, a regular, there's like, um, I don't know, a hundred different varieties of garlic from around the world. That's really cool because they all have a different taste, different flavor to them. And so you can grow different garlics under different trees and you can taste the difference. And the apples will have taste like garlic. Uh, and this is, it's the same thing for almost anything. I've done it with bananas. I've done it with mangoes. Oh, mangoes. Oh, a moment of silence, please. Mm. Yeah. I got to do that again, right? Get some, get them. When I lived in Miami, I was never too far away from mango trees and papaya trees and those things, you know. And when I lived in Costa Rica, uh, I started growing garlic everywhere and everything tastes like garlic and i don't understand that most of the people there said no i don't like the garlic in my mango i don't want garlic you know i'm going oh well <laughs> i do it's my mango tree <laughs> right oh i see what this is this mm -hmm. oh, i see all good right <laughs> and i still have issues with garlic in the sense that i don't have any issues with garlic but Everybody around me seems to have an issue with garlic. Uh, garlic is a very, very wonderful, powerful tool. There's a product called Garlic Barrier, by the way, and it's a, and it's a very and another product called Mosquito Barrier. And the mos and guess what garlic does to mosquitoes? Oy vey. Garlic will kill mosquito any soft body insect on contact. It kills mosquitoes and flies on contact. On contact. You mean you spray a little bit of garlic? It also goes. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. So garlic berry is like a hundred, I think they say it's a hundred cloves of garlic is a gallon. I think it's around a hundred bucks. And I think a long time ago, I, I was telling them, you know, this stuff kills mosquitoes. And so now they have a new, you should make a new product. And they have another one called mosquito barrier. I don't know if it's stronger or not. It might just be because it's really, really strong. One cup of that in a gallon. I, I put a cup, for example, in 100, 100 gallons of water. I have a 100-gallon spray. So I put one cup in 100 gallons of water. It's still too strong for me. I'm spraying I'm going, phew, man, holy cow. I'm swirling around. And this is one of the things you do not want to mix, okay? So one of the things... That, that I'm learning that you do not want to mix when you're spraying because, you know, there is, I'm not saying you're spraying the hair, but one of the other things you can spray is coffee, right? Uh, so cold brew coffee, coffee, the uh, caffeine will kill everything on contact, including bees. You have to learn how to do it. The garlic, on the other hand, doesn't hurt the bees. Okay, you would, you would understand why, because, you know, the bees are used to the pollen and the whole thing. They love the garlic. It's one of their favorite things to, to use. It won't kill them. Uh, it might kill them if you spray concentrated on them, but if you spray garlic around, lots of things. I said, remember, I said soft-bodied insect. Uh, okay. Um, garlic also works really, really well on snails. Uh, and so anyway, we spray coffee. One of the things I would spray is coffee cream and sugar, see? So you spray it as a foliar feed on the plants. But if you spray garlic and coffee together, it's a very strange mix, mixture. And if you spray, I say coffee, cream, and sugar, right? So the cream, milk, and garlic is a no-no. No-no. Mm -mm. I think I got sick from it. My stomach was going, I don't know if I like it. I don't like it. I don't drink dairy, but I'm going, oh, I don't know. And milk, oh, garlic, milky garlic. Not a good idea. <laughs> anyway, listen, you're listening. Don't panic. It's organic uh, with your host. Uh, who is your host? What is going on here? Who are these people? 
why do you keep calling me? I don't know. Leave me alone. Anyway, if you want to talk to me, um, you know the numbers. Okay. So, uh, the, for the gopher things, okay, so there's short-term. Remember, I'm always talking about short-term and long-term solution. Last week, we talked about natural and control. It's a short-term and a long-term solution. It just so happened the long-term solution is always the same so far, right? As, and then the short-term solution, you have to do something completely different uh, according to whatever the problem is, right? So when we talk about ants, we were talking about long-term solution to soil, short-term solution, things you can do to immediately alleviate the problem a little bit, make it a little bit easier, right? So here's the same thing with the gopher problems or mold problems. Right? You have to understand that you're really having a soil problem. That's the, the main thing that you're having. You're having a soil problem. The gopher is only responding to the soil problems, just like the ants were only respond, responding to the soil problem. See what I'm saying, right? So the soil problem takes a lot longer than overnight to fix, maybe longer than a year, right? Longer than two years, longer than three years. They take a lot. It takes a long time. So think about how long you've been there fighting gophers, and that's at least as long as you take you to fix the problem, if not longer. You know, when you go to a doctor and you say, blah, 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 and the doctor's fine. Tomorrow morning you'll be fine. Do this, and tomorrow morning you'll be fine. No, it may be the rest of your life. You have to try to get it back together if you're lucky. That's the way it works in nature. Nature doesn't do overnight. <laughs> they take over a decade, over decades, you know, millions, millions and millions of years. Hey, I kind of like my voice like this. Don't you guys like my voice like this? That's so nice. I have this nice voice. Yes, I think I'll talk like this from now. I like this, you know. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> long-term, short-term solutions. Okay, I'm I miss my coffee, organic coffee. By the way, when I say cold brew coffee, it's always organic. Just put the word organic in front of everything I say when I get when I say milk. Just say organic milk. I don't want to be saying organic every time I say something, right? But basically, yeah, you want to get whatever you use. When I say coffee, cream, and sugar, well, it all should be organic. So by now, you should understand why, right? Good to hear. Well, that's hmm, kind of strange. All right. Long-term and short-term solutions. Long-term solution is you have to figure out what you're doing wrong to the soil. There are, there are natural bacteria, things in the soil that normally keep everything in, che in check. For example, ants and gophers are natural enemies. Ants keep the gophers in check, and the gophers keep the ants in check. Duh. They both deal with the soil. They're both caretakers, and they, they deal with different aspects of caretaking of the soil. And they, they can overlap. They both take work together. So the long-term solution is one of the things you have to do is you have to uh, understand that um, mankind has pretty much destroyed the environment, upset everything, what the gophers normally would find there. You know, the gophers' life was very, very different 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago. I mean, for the longest time, gophers never had to deal with humans. And for the longest time, the earth was a lush environment. So imagine if you had gopher living in a lush tropical environment or whatever environment it was. Uh, they would be their job would be to they they, they can uh, you know drill through the soil right so they would aerate the soil turn it over uh, they eat all kinds of nuts and stuff they they're scavengers so you you die they would eat you know uh, eat you up uh, the, their pool is very interesting they all have a special type of bacteria in there uh, lots of th things right there that's beneficial for that okay right. Uh, but that's not doesn't happen here with us humans. With when humans take over the world and stuff like that, so they have to. They've been a, trying to adapt to us, and, and they still have to do their thing, which dig holes and basically they they don't do anything to you. You know, uh, they're looking for food and water, and that's how they live down in there. So what you have to do, you have to say, okay, uh, you guys just stay over there, and I'll take care of, of my scenario over here, and so. Uh, part of the, of the things you want to do, as I said, you want to drive them off the property and then prevent them from coming back. And it's going to take a while for you to to get the soil and everything back together so that it protects the stuff. 
So uh, utilizing the sense of smell is one way to make them drive them away. Sound is another way. Uh, you can you can have these giant speakers. What I did once is I got uh, giants. I have these uh, speakers you plug into the uh, truck, and I played um, loud music with a big boom, boom, boom. I turned it sideways and went into the ground and sent the sound into the ground and just drove them away for a while. Just went, everybody out of here, go on, there's something wrong. And uh, at the same time, what I did was I had a group of laborers, guys I hired, and they d basically dig, dug a trench all the way around the property. It was, um, let's see, uh, two feet wide, and it was about four feet deep. Not as tall as I am, I'm six foot, so it's four feet deep. Uh, one of the things about gophers is that they go down maybe two feet. Okay, they may go out for a long ways, but they, they're, they're surface... Uh, borers and they go down a little deeper for their, their caves and stuff so if you did four feet that's plenty down uh downward so what we did was we dig, uh, dug a uh, trench refilled it up uh, uh this was uh there was two things i did but this particular one we at that time i wasn't doing the other thing until i, I learned about it then i'm doing that too and i'll tell you what that is in a moment but what i did was basically refilled it up with rocks pounded the rocks in there, formed a little wall of rocks, and then we uh, cemented the rocks, uh, cement the rocks together and, and made it come up off the property a little bit because the gophers don't jump over. So I made it about a foot up, a little wall that stuck up of the rocks, so it will, in essence, go down four feet and go up about a foot all the way around the property. Uh, and then on the very bottom where the rocks are at, right, I, we extended down a little bit more because before we put the rocks in, we put uh, gopher wire underneath there. The gopher went down a little bit more, plus it went out, it went in a little ways, just in case it would go underneath and come up, you know. Uh, at that time, I didn't realize that gophers can go uh, quite a ways underground because <laughs> I have seen them go underneath the street and pop up on the other side of the street, no problem. <coughs> um but they don't. I don't think they go down very deep. So if you go down four feet, that would stop them from the sideward. Sideward. So <coughs> that's one way. It's a physical barrier. Uh, over the years, I've learned to do other types of barriers that work just as well. It's a lot easier. Um, I, I I I wanted to dig out one wide enough and fill it with water and put uh, crocodiles or alligators in it. But I think that would be overdoing it a little bit. So one of the things you could do is have a natural type of barrier along with, because you can do uh, the gopher wires all the way across, just do that, right, uh, as all the way around your property. One way to do it, you have a barrier there to keep them from coming in. Uh, in addition to that, I would also plant some other types of natural barriers because they, the, between the two of them is very effective. And some of the natural barriers you could plant, uh, it depends on where you live, uh, there are different types of bulbs, bulbs in general, are toxic Vedan. Uh, paper white narcissus, for some reason, gophers are attracted to it, but it's toxic to them, and it kills them. The same thing with garlic. I was talking about garlic. Uh, so there's two types of garlic that you can plant as a border. One of them is called society garlic, which is not really an edible garlic for you to, to grow, but it's a wild form of garlic. It's called society garlic. If you um, crush it, whatever, you'll smell the garlic. But it's actually more toxic to eat than, well, it is toxic to eat than garlic. <laughs> you can eat garlic and the worst will happen you have garlic breath. Okay? Honey, I'm home. Don't talk to me. Okay, so uh, society garlic should be planted at the four corners of your property. And it gets to be really big, so you can start, start to divide it and spread them out. Over a period of time, you should have a nice barrier around their property. Uh, depending on how fast you do that, right? You can go buy uh, 100 plants of society garlic and plant them all the way around. I learned you plant them at four corners. At least they start there, and then you start spreading them out. You can put you can put them so they're equally spaced around. Depends upon money and how much you can do. That's one barrier type of barrier you can do. You can also incorporate the. I told you about the paper white narcissus. So paper white narcissus are a bulb. They reproduce every year. They come up, but they're toxic. They also happen to be 
a toxic uh, – well, they have – have you ever seen paper white narcissus? You would see that they have um, a white creamy uh, substance that when you cut them, they give out, right? And that's toxic. That's toxic to, um, to get in your eyes, toxic to eat. And so the biggest problem I have with the paper white narcissus is that you have to tell people that if you have kids or pets, you can't let them eat it, right? So I haven't heard of any cases where they have eaten it. I may have read somewhere about it that it was something happened, but uh, I think maybe a kid got it in his eye, you know, cut it, you know, you open it up and then, uh, then touch his eye. So you have to be real careful around kids. I've never known a dog or a cat to eat this stuff because it's real bitter, but it's very possible. I think I read somewhere that somebody did and it made their throat, uh, they couldn't uh, breathe and couldn't talk. So that's the biggest uh, problem with that. But if it does that to you, imagine what it does to the gophers. So it's called paper white narcissus. And then you just have to, you know, ma mainly I wouldn't really worry about it. But if you have kids that come over, you want to keep an eye on them so they don't actually cut it and touch their eyes with it. Sometimes they will cut it, you know, to bring the flowers in and they'll get it in their eyes. So that's the biggest thing about that with kids. I don't think pets would do would be stupid enough to eat it. Uh, or if you have a visitor, some guy comes and visits you or man or woman, whatever, family, uncle, whatever. Um, they have to be real careful and you have to always tell people don't touch it, don't get in your eyes, right? You plant that around. I did one customer, he bought 10,000 paper white narcissus. The bulbs are on sale. And he planted them around. You have to plant them uh, deep enough and you have to plant them right next to each other, right next to each other, touching all the way across. And you essentially, you dig, dig a little trench and you plant them right next to each other and they will fill in. If you plant them any space in between, they will go, will go through them. And that takes a few years for it to establish, uh, but it works. Uh, the gophers will not come and you have a barrier. You have, a, diff you have a, a natural barrier and a physical barrier underneath there that will um, keep the gophers away, right? Uh, that, that's a long-term solution, and that works very good for snakes and other creatures. Who, you know, you're not putting a fence up, but because it, it's you know, so it can it could be done without a fence. You just have to have uh, for the gophers. But if you do have a fence, then it, it it'll be just as effective if you follow the fence line, right? Okay, so then um, uh, the uh, you know, as I said, the short-term solution is to drive them out of your property, right? That that gets rid of them right away. So uh, you can always take a, a crushed garlic put it into a pantyhose and dump it into the gopher tunnels. And this start in the center of the property. If you have gopher tunnels in the center of the property or the center of your lawn or in your garden, all you have to do is throw one bag of gar crushed garlic in there. Uh, you can also, uh, what also really works too, is I talked to you about coffee, but one of the things you can do is you can buy coffee beans. Uh, coffee beans, uh, What? And here's the thing, you want to buy French vanilla. Uh, vanilla happens to be toxic to gophers. Who knew, right? <laughs> uh, so French vanilla, because you know vanillas, you smell the vanilla definitely. And if you take the beans and and you can put the beans as a physical barrier on the outside of the property, sprinkle it around. That would give give you also keep deers and other creatures from coming around because they'll smell it too. Uh, or you can just take just take uh, some of it and dump it into the tunnel. Will smell up their tunnels. Uh, and, but, but when you do that, you want to make sure that you have then either um, set up the physical barrier because they will come back. If you do the hair or whatever it is you're going to do it, you can't keep doing that all the time and, and expect to keep them away. So you only do that when you're ready to drive them off your property and then put, put up the physical barrier. You're going to have to put up a physical barrier to keep them away, whether you have plants or whether you have a gopher uh, wire around the place. Uh, you do not have to build a wall, even though I have known some people who have just gone down and made, made themselves a concrete wall all the way around it uh, and, and up a few feet yeah, as a real a fence, and psh, that stops their problem. Okay, so then uh, the other thing I'm talking to you today about is, uh, uh, again, 
you know, when I talk about natural pest control, the key that I'm trying to get across to people is the relationship between the soil and bugs, pests, diseases, and the plants and the trees. Instead of saying, okay, so if this, this rose has this disease, this is what you spray. Okay, remember, that's a short-term solution. And in the organic world, there are lots of things people come up with to spray uh, on something, for, to do something, like for the ants, spray this, use this, that. There's tons of stuff everywhere, and it's very reactive, right? I, I tell people it's better to be proactive than reactive. Reactive ain't going to solve the problem. <laughs> it's good. Re reactive is good if you have a business that relies on people reacting all the time to ants and disease and whatever, and you go there every month for the rest of their life. Proactive, on the other hand, is actually dealing with the cause, understanding what the cause is, right? This law of cause and effect. The effect is what we we do now all the time. We re eat all the food you want to and take this pill. That does not solve the cost. The co does not address the cost. The effect is you're going to be selling, buying lots of pills and eventually get sick from it. Or like when you buy, uh, um, you know, drugs and they say, Here, these are the after effects. You're basically trading from one problem to another for another problem. Okay? So when I try to get across is that from my experience, I'm very, 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 I am very, very old. Really, you don't want to know how old I am. This physical body, <laughs> I'll tell you about it someday. So it's important that if you get that across, if I can get that across to you, and when you look at a, a tree or a plant or even a gopher or something that you would never associate with the soil, you will get, hmm, so wonder what the real problem is here, right? Wonder what the real problem is here. So when, you know, and, and gophers are like deer, they're like other creatures, they have separated themselves uh, they're part of the, the the nature, but they're a little bit different than than you would think is a disease or a pest or an insect, right? <laughs> right. And so you will find that the law of cause and effect has all kinds of different ways of manifesting, depending on how evolved you are. So with us human beings, we have all types of call effects issues that we've been starting, and they're more, they're very very complex because we're very very complex. This whole climate change thing, this whole evolution, this whole uh, religion and everything very very complex because we are very very complex but uh, but in terms of gardening and in terms of dealing with pests and diseases on plants <clears throat> it's really very very simple very very basic and even applies to us humans and all living beings that's what I have to tell you everything we're on the same boat together so what it comes down to is that um, whatever the you know, like for example, next week I'm going to talk about fleas uh, control, uh, fly control, and snail control. Okay, uh, all of these also are related to the soil. They all are in the soil one time or another in their in their life. Uh, us human beings are a little different. We're not in the soil anymore at one time or another. We should be, right? We should. Well, yeah, we are. Is that we're, when we die, we go back to the soil. <laughs> so I guess we are in the soil one time or another. Yeah, never mind. Okay, so, but, and the same thing with, you know, gopher problems. How is it gophers from the soil? They dig in the soil. They're not air creatures, right? So it all has to relate it one way or another to the soil. And the key to it is to understand what's going on there. How, what is it we have to do in the long run? That's why my, uh, my book, first book is How Do You Heal the Earth in Your Spare Time? You don't have to become a specialist in this. You don't have to start a full-time job in saving the earth. In your spare time, this is how you live. This is how you go from day to day. When you wake up in the morning, what you do, what you buy, what you use, right? How do you go to work? What do you work with? All these are part of your life, and this is how you can you do it. And it's the same thing with the earth. So there are things we should be doing on a regular basis to the earth. That we, and there are also things that we should not be doing because there are lots of things we should not be doing to the earth, and we seem to be doing more and more of it. But there are things we should be doing to the earth, and we're doing less and less of it. And so 
the, all the problems are going to get worse if we don't pay attention to the earth, the soil. You know, and it's interesting because one of the things I tell people, heal the soil and you heal yourself. And in parentheses under soil, S-O-I-L, I have S-O-U-L. Because if you heal your soil, you soil, right, your soul, your soul, you heal yourself. So in terms of, you know, um, healing your plants, if you have a problem with whatever plant, whether it be a weed, okay, here's a, here's a perfect example. Okay, so weeds. In nature, there's no such thing as a weed. <laughs> you go, uh, you talk to Mother Nature, she says, what is it you're, this weed you're talking about, right? Because if you really want to be truthful, human beings are the weed. <laughs> We're weeds. We are the weeds. <laughs> uh, it's just like I tell people, uh, human beings are the cancer of the earth, right? But we're also the weeds. Yeah, we're the weeds. Uh, so everything has a purpose in it. So when I look at, quote, a weed, I say to myself, oh, that's a whatever type of plant it is. I even don't even need to know the name. I just know what it does. I know what that plant right there is doing. Weeds grow in mineral deficient soil. The type of weed tells you what type of mineral is the soil is deficient in. Because what the soil, what the weed does, it goes down to the deep, deep roots. It gets its roots together and it collects this particular type of mineral. And then when it dies, guess what? It gives it right back. It brings it up to the surface. And when it dies, there it is for the, the bacteria and everything to get it. Get it? So when you have an iron deficiency, a certain plants will grow there. They put, bring up iron. Have a copper deficiency, we'll get what? <laughs> the certain plants, they bring up the copper. And uh, one of the reasons why I know that is because uh, in terms of homeopathy, in terms of healing with herbs and healing properties, that's one of the main things you deal with in, in herbs and other types of plants is what type of minerals does it have because it's the minerals that are doing the healing. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, <laughs> um, okay, we still have about uh, a few minutes left. Uh, so uh, the point here is very simple, is that you have to key into long-term and short-term solutions, key into the fact of minerals. Minerals are very important. If you are deficient in your minerals, you're going to have a problem. Okay, and if, and if your stomach is not functioning correctly, you're not going to get the minerals you need. You, and if you don't, you know, uh, it's bad enough that, the, you know, uh, it's the same thing with the soil. So what you put in is what you get out of. So if you don't put in the minerals, you ain't going to get the minerals out. And don't tell me that you have an endless supply of minerals in your body and any more than the earth has an endless supply of minerals in the soil because that's not the way it works. There, yes, there is an endless supply of minerals over there under those conditions, and they have to change. They have to be transformed from that to here it, into our conditions. The minerals are everywhere, right? So the minerals have to be uh, made available to us. <laughs> and nature has set up a really, really wonderful way of getting the minerals from over there, or that part of the earth, whether it be copper, iron, magnesium, there are 96 different trace minerals we need, okay? Uh, you name, and there's some really truly exotic ones, and some that you may think that uh, we should not be, uh, you know, we shouldn't come anywhere near like like mercury, silver. Uh, they're also, and even gold, and they're also essential to our, our livelihood, to our health. They're called exotics because they're in very, very exotic amounts. <laughs> okay. Trace minerals are, are toxic if done not done in trace mineral levels. That's why they're called trace minerals. Too much of a good thing, right? So the whole thing that nature has set up, Gia, Mother Nature, whoever she is, this is how I am going to set, set it up so that you and you and you and you, so everybody gets the minerals that they need. See? And it comes back to the soil. It goes back to the cooperation and the work that the soil has with the with the the, the oceans. Okay, the, the the soil gives to the ocean the minerals too. That's how they end up with the minerals, as well. And the ocean its job is to to handle the one of the things it does. Right, you know, it takes in carbon dioxide in trees. Trees take take in carbon dioxide. They give all too. What we give off, the trees inhale. What we go give off, the trees inhale. Right. 
what we, we inhale, the trees give off. <laughs> you get it? What we give off, the trees inhale. What the trees inhale, we give off. It's a natural cycle. You won't find that cycle everywhere in nature, except that what we're doing, human beings have, have been have cutting off that cycle. They're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not paying. We're destroying more and more of the earth, and the earth is, cap- is not as capable of keeping the, cycling, the cycle going. And that's what we have to do now, and we don't have that much time because it takes a long time to get this cycle going. You know, we disrupt the oceans. You know what the oceans does? It does, one of the things it does, it helps climate. It helps to control the, the weather to different types of climate, winter, spring, summer, and fall. It's called the Gulf Stream. One of the things, and I talk a lot about the Gulf Stream in terms of uh, you disrupt the Gulf Stream, we're going to have a major problem. We're going to have major climate change for sure. It's going to get really hot and it's going to get really cold. You notice how long it's getting colder here, right? It's going to get hotter and hotter and colder and colder. And the colder is going to last longer and longer. Eventually, it's going to be an ice age. I rewrote my, one of my columns. I wrote, the ice age has already begun. And you go, wait a minute, it's getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, that's what happens. It gets hotter and hotter and hotter. The water melts, fresh water melts. It disrupts the glaciers. The glaciers stop circulating. Wham. And it gets colder and colder, longer and longer and longer. So basically, when it started getting cold already, this is the ice age. It just takes a while for it to, to become abundantly evident, evident because we will be in ice everywhere. And uh, th- there are many problems with that normally, but you throw in a whole bunch of other things like radiation. <laughs> so you have a radioactive uh, ice age. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And the fact that the, the methane, we can't breathe methane. We're spewing methane out more so than we have for the last 400 million years. It's methane right now over the coast of California going up through the ocean. So, uh, but uh, we as little people, all we can do is our, 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 our bit. So we have to pay attention to the soil. And if you pay attention to the soil, and whatever's growing in the soil will do much better. We have to get the attitude that the ants are not the bad guys. The bugs are not the bad guys. Actually, we're the bad guys. <laughs> but So they're not bad. There's no such thing as weeds. There's no such thing as evil ants, evil evil uh, or flowers or, pe- or animals or any other stuff other than humans. Separate, other than that, you know, there's no nothing evil out there. Everything lives together in harmony. That's the idea, except for us. And we have done so much damage already. Whenever there's a problem, usually people, humans have something to do with it, right? <laughs> Whenever something's going on out there, I wrote uh, how, to, uh, how to Kill All Living Beings Within the Planet Within 50 Years. I rewrote it down to 25 years. And it, there's actually, it's actually 10 different ways you can kill all living beings on the planet. They're called environmental boundaries. We're not supposed to cross these environmental boundaries. And guess what? We have crossed each each one of them. Uh, maybe next week, when I, I, if I get a chance, I'll talk about the, the 10 environmental boundaries we're not supposed to cross, right? And these are the obvious ones. They're very simple, very obvious. Things like clean water, clean soil, clean air, right? And there's a lot more. You're not supposed to live in a radiated environment, right? You know, you know there's, lot, there's 10 environmental boundaries. And I'm happy to go over it with you again. So I think we're going to be reaching our, um, remember my uh, next show coming up is called Cosmic Spaceship. And uh, uh, I'm going to show you, uh, not show you, but you're going to be listening to my latest songs that I've written. Um, Time, it says time. The word time is there. So it's time to go, I guess, guys. Thank you very much for listening to my show. I'll be back again um, next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye now. We'll see what happens with the, uh, you know, everything else here.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.